Hello and welcome to this Hope podcast. I am Fee Tucker. This week, you only get me, I'm afraid. Um, Trev is not very well, so he is resting up. Um, and I get the joy of not only doing the intro to this podcast, but also I had the pleasure of sitting down with Hayley Lewis a few weeks ago um, to talk all about her journey, her story. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Um, just a little note, you may have realized that we have moved to bi-weekly podcasts. Um, we were just a bit overambitious, I think. <laughs> Life is busy. Um, yeah, I'm back to studying. Uh, we're both working. So yeah, we made the wise decision to move uh, to bi-weekly podcasts. On an exciting note, we have some products coming soon. Um I've been working away behind the scenes, um, creating some prints and products that will hopefully soon be uploaded onto our online shop. So watch this space. But for now, sit back, grab a cup of tea and listen to Hayley. Hayley, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Yeah, so... I'm Hayley. Um, I go to your church, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you. although I'm at the evening congregation. Um, yeah. I'm on the leadership there. I work for a Christian charity who support um, overseas Christian workers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been at our church for like 10 years, I think no it is this way. summer. Um, yeah. next no nine years this summer yeah I was pregnant when we um, met yeah so yeah it's been a long long while now um uh yeah yeah so can you um share with us a little bit about how you came to know Jesus how you came to faith um I love this story <laughs> <laughs> yeah so obviously we have some connections um within my faith journey um so I guess there's like three parts, I'd say, to mm-hmm. my faith journey. Um, as a child, my mum took us to church until maybe the age of eight. Yeah. And then um, we stopped going. Um, and I I think I probably was more interested in faith in Jesus as a child than anyone else yeah. was. Um, like later on in life, my sisters were like, oh, yeah, you always used to ask about Jesus. Oh. And I was like, really? Oh, OK. <laughs> so I think, you know, he's always been in my life. Um and then when we stopped going to church when I was about eight yeah. and then, um, yeah, kind of took over by going to Lighthouse once a year. Mm-hmm. So um, my mum used it as childcare, I think. Um, and that became, became my kind of church yeah. um, experience. Brilliant. Um, and that the fast forward was when I was like 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I changed which Lighthouse I did. So it went from um, doing, yeah, one literally like, I don't know. Which one were you at before? I was at the Wickham one. Okay. And so then moved to Hazelmere. So literally yeah. like a woods apart from yeah. in terms of the school <laughs> sites these summer camps were on. Um, and uh, in that time, I, I met different people. So mm-hmm. um I met Trev uh, at an interview for a job interview. Yes. So that was the first one, the first member of your family that I met. Yeah, but I was totally also unrelated to... working, yeah, yeah, completely unrelated. Um, and this was like the summer before 
I moved lighthouses as well. Yeah. And we connected in the interview about Lighthouse. And I yes. was like, this is so cool. We both used it as a selling point for ourselves. Was that Christmas um, Temps yeah. at John Lewis? Yes. Nice. So we both ended <laughs> up working in the same department at John Lewis. Yeah. Saw each other like most weekends. Um, but then I was doing a childcare course, my mm-hmm. A-levels um, at this, that time. So I was at college. And I was also working at a nursery. And I was working with Trev's mum. Yeah. Oh, and then... That summer, I then obviously met you at Lighthouse with a bunch of other people at our church who, um, yeah, just really invited me into the church community. Um, And I remember the Friday morning, the last morning of that week, hearing you talk because they did like those little snippets of sharing in the morning. Quick Um, little evangelistic talk to kick off the day for the leaders. (laughs) Clearly it worked. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Worth the effort. Um, 100%. And, but I just remember you doing this talk on um, hope um, and hopelessness and just really finding that it resonated with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having a really tough time at home. Um, and yeah, just hopelessness was the word that seemed to yeah. be the theme in my life at that time. I was I'd struggling at home. Um, I'd moved from my mum's to my d- dad's. Mm-hmm. Like There were rocky relationships with parents as all teenagers have yeah. but the for me mine felt exasperated and it felt like they were the biggest issues in the yeah. world and um yeah so um that morning I, I don't know I just I, I came out of your talk and I just was crying a lot and I bumped into the chair of Lighthouse Carol bless her oh. and um she just sat and listened and yeah cared about what I had to say and and gave me this encounter that I had been craving Mm. um and invited me to church she connected me with you so I had a proper conversation with you and you were like oh well there's this at church and there's this and um I think a couple of weeks later I braved actually going to church on the Sunday morning and bumped into um Jess comedy Helen comedy at different times um and yeah it just um they were like, oh, come come sit with us. Yeah. Um, I think bumping into them, yeah, was really helpful for me going into church. Yeah. Um, and they invited me away with the church, like, three weekends I was later. Say, got, it was like you got stuck in so quickly. Yeah, so, they, but, so they'd invited me, but Trev's mum had also was like, said a couple of weeks before this, you should come to this weekend away, yeah. week away with the church. Like it, yeah. you'd fit right in. It would be really good. And I brushed it off. And then when Jess and Helen both separately walked up to me and one after another without hearing it, were like, you should come with us. Yeah. And my parents agreed to lend me some money so I could afford to go and church yeah. were really helpful and encouraged me to go and that was such it, a brave thing as well because it was like you didn't really know hardly no, any of us I remember like, turning up to the coach and the whole youth group were like who are you why are you here why are you coming with us and I was like I don't know but I'm here so let's go <laughs> I'm new <laughs> and it just um yeah I don't think I ever really looked back from that point and the first night yeah. of that um camp I was like yeah I I want whatever these people have got Mm -hmm. I want this thing yeah um I think that's when I'd say I become Christian yeah um yeah so if that was sort of when you was that would you say you kind of gave your life Jesus did chose to yeah I think I think 
I chose to become a Christian and I definitely was living a Christian life mm-hmm. in the sense that I was going to church. I got stuck into church community. I started yeah. helping with the youth group. and you, Yeah, you got so stuck in so quickly. Yeah, I did. Um, and I loved it. And yeah. I just kind of became a yes woman. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like someone, I think people, I think when people see potential, they're like, oh, let's ask so-and-so to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm always, I love helping people. And, yeah. you know, so I think, often got asked to do things and I'd be like yeah sure I really want to do that yeah um but I was so such a young Christian Mm -hmm. I had no idea really what I was doing or who God was who Jesus like yeah I was navigating all this stuff I had so many questions um and I didn't really grasp that fully yeah um so I think that was 18 I went through a few years of like riding this new faith high Mm -hmm. I think um and was able to um yeah live off that for a while um I started working at the church as the assistant youth worker and started studying theology because I was like well I need to learn more about God I don't really know about him the logical thing is to go to uni and do a degree like what (laughs) okay don't see everyone else doing that but that's clearly where I thought I was going to go. So I did that and started the placement at the church and yeah. was doing youth work. And within the first six months of that, I just was exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, it became head knowledge. It was very yeah. much like, um, heart, yeah, it wasn't the heart knowledge that I was hoping for. Yeah. Um, it was quite intense to go yes. into theological yes. study. Yeah. As I can't imagine, I mean, I've, I've been studying for the last couple of years and that's having been a Christian for, you know, nearly 30 years, yeah. I'd say, knowing Jesus my whole life. Yeah. And I get that, like, overwhelm of, like, this is confusing and amazing and so... Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But to have that when you were so, um, like, fledgling in your, your faith journey... Yeah. And yeah. I, I think I, I was in this place where I was like, oh, everything's going to go really well and... Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, um, been, I'd moved out of parents and, um, was living in a flat share and like all of these things, I was like, oh, God's done this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I had a a boyfriend at the time and, and then things just started to fall apart and the, that relationship ended. And then I kind of found myself really struggling with this Mm -hmm. degree and not really looking after myself very well. And, um, I, I just kind of crashed. I hit yeah. burnout and people at church were like, well, why didn't you pause the degree? And I was like, well, I can't do that because that will affirm this internal chatter that mm-hmm. I'm a failure and that yeah. I can't do this. And that and then for me, that ended up equating, well, if I'm a failure, and I'm, I'm unlovable. And like, yeah. so there was this real journey within yeah. those first couple of years of like, if I stop, what does that say about me? And what are people going to think of me? And mm-hmm. um yeah I think it it was a real challenge um so I kind of dragged myself through those first couple of years and that dragging through was really reflected in my grades um but throughout the second year I encountered this organization Mercy yeah um Mercy UK and um uh they I just encountered them through a couple of Christian conferences Mm -hmm. um and in the summer of 2018, um, I, I just spent the week, I was working for St. Andrew's Bookshop, mm-hmm. 
and the stand for Mercy UK was dead opposite the tills where oh, I was working. Yeah. So they like it literally was in front of me the whole week. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm gonna really have to pay attention to this. Yeah. Um, and I basically was talking to the stand every day. Mm. Um, so Mercy have a or had a residential program for women between thirty, uh, eighteen and thirty ish. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's for women with life controlling issues. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was like, hmm, struggling with um, mental health issues, burnout, that's look, that looked very much like unhealthy coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. not looking after myself. I really was struggling with self-harm at the time. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, but I'm not unwell enough to mm-hmm. go into that. Like it didn't, yeah. it, I was like, I'm, I'm not great. I'm not doing well. I'm struggling, but am I... Yeah. I wasn't according to the doctors I wasn't like hospital unwell and I wasn't yeah. you know I was therapy unwell I was on medication unwell but I wasn't yeah. like you know getting sectioned unwell and so yeah. in my head like I wasn't unwell enough for proper help yeah um but the more I spoke to the the people on this mercy stand they were like I think this could be good for you and by the yeah. end of the week I spoke to someone who was a proper staff member mm-hmm. at mercy and she said here's an application form and I was like oh okay (laughs) um and I think the moment I took the application form and accepted that it was something that I wanted to apply for yeah um it changed something in my attitude of um like seeking help and seeking Mm -hmm. health and wanting to get well and wanting to seek God um and so fast forward to April of 2019 yeah um 2nd of April I walked into the doors of mercy we call it in, walking into the white gates. Um, and um, God just begin, began to change my life quite drastically. Yeah. Um, on the first day, he showed up through um, a guest speaker, a visitor we had. And um, she basically was, she's a prophet. And she said mm-hmm. to me, you know, I don't know if you've said this to yourself or to someone else, but you've said... Um, if this doesn't work, I'll just go home. Mm. And I, I literally said that on the journey to Mercy. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm listening. Because yeah. she had no way of knowing that. No one, no. I'd never met anyone in this room before. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is really weird. What have God's I come calling to? you out right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she said, you know, Father, Father God just wants to say to you, if you can give me six months, I can give you a life. Wow. And I was like, oh, right well I can do that like six months is a long time but I can do that um so within a month I was questioning whether I'd even actually given my life to Jesus Mm -hmm. um and so I was like okay God well I don't know if I have or haven't but uh Jesus if if I don't know you then I want to know you yeah um and the following six months were all about me learning who God is who he says he is in the Bible, who I thought he was from things I'd learned through my own parents, through other yeah. people's parents, through my relationships with other people, through um, my experiences in life. Like mm-hmm. all of these things impact how we see God. And yeah, um, yeah that, that was my time at Mercy. And in that unraveling of who God is, learning who God is yeah I was able to learn who he says I am Mm -hmm. and that was so foundational um I 
completely changed my attitude towards myself, towards other people, yeah. um, and helped me overcome that burnout. Yeah. Um, and I've been able to come back from that, having learned tools to impact everyday life. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've, I've literally just finished the degree that I stopped to go to yeah. Mercy, you know, so I, I did the final year of that part time, um, whilst working full time and <laughs> I'm still here and I'm, I'm, you know, not completely mad. <laughs> yeah, you did it. Um, yeah. And I, I just, I'd never have done that without God by my mm. side, without having journeyed and unpacked all that yeah. stuff that I was carrying, all the stuff I believed about him. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a long winded way of sharing. Oh no, it was brilliant. That, but that's just, I, what really stood out to me was the fact that you needed to learn who God was mm. to know who you are and who he says you are. Yeah. Um, just thinking kind of with your life before you properly knew that, what were some of the lies, if you don't mind sharing, that you kind of believed about God or about yourself? Um, I think one of the biggest lies that I believed about myself and I still believe I don't, it's still a journey of Mm -hmm. processing and making sure I don't believe that anymore. Is this lie of like, I'm forgotten Mm -hmm. or like I'm not known. Um, and I remember one time we had this, um, in the house at Mercy, you had the hatch, which was, it literally was like a hatch door, like a barn Mm -hmm. door. You had the top, top half was open the bottom half was oh, closed yeah. and when we received posts they put like a post list up at the end of the day mm-hmm. um in the week and it was always really exciting because you know if you had post it meant someone had sent you something oh, exciting yeah. or probably I mean you also got all sorts of rubbish yeah through for you as well I'm like how do we get junk mail when we're here <laughs> for six months but you did um or boring posts at least and um, I just remember, I think I'd gone through a few days or a week where I hadn't got post mm-hmm. and I just felt so forgotten and I went yeah. to the hatch really upset about it mm-hmm. and they were like, what is going on? Like, why is it so hurtful? Why does it upset you so much that mm. you haven't got post? And I just remember being like, I just feel like everyone's forgotten me. Yeah. Like I'm not in their peripheral, so mm-hmm. therefore they don't know. And it just, it was not the case at all. Like, yeah. I know I know my family loved me. I know my friends loved yeah. me. Like, I had, I was so blessed through that time mm. by the people that wrote to me and contacted me and yeah. let me know that they hadn't forgotten me. Yeah. And yet there was still this underlying, like, I am forgotten lie. Yeah. Um, and so that's been a real process of learning. Mm-hmm. Like I am known by God. I am yeah. loved by God. I am cherished. Yeah. And I'm not forgotten. Yeah. Like plain and simply, I'm not forgotten. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. So powerful. Trevor and I were talking about Psalm 139, um, an episode of, I don't know, in relation to when this is out, I have no idea when it was. Yeah, yeah, I just <laughs> listened to that this morning, actually. Oh, nice. And that's one of the things for me that's so significant. It's like, God knows me. Yeah. Um, All the good, all the bad, mm-hmm. all the stuff that I don't even know. And, and yet he also created the whole universe and he you know, can measure, what's it say, measure off the, the heavens with the breadth of his hand and hold the yeah. oceans, you know, like... Wow, wow, like that uh-huh. kind of 
the, that sort of juxtaposition of how big he is and how small I am and yet how he knows me. Um, yeah, I think it must have been... I know Mercy now does the keys to freedom. Yeah. And I think years ago I was doing... I think it was the Freedom in Christ course with yeah. some young people. And I can hardly remember any of it apart from there's like these three key things where it's like I am significant, I am accepted and I am secure. And when you think about the things that we wrestle with and, and the the storms of like mental health or, or struggling with um, self-worth or so much of it boils down to like I need to feel significant mm. to people. And if I don't know to get that from God, then I'm going to seek it in other things in social media and you know, other people's acceptance, all this stuff. Um, yeah, and that kind of needing to be known. And it's one of those intrinsic human things. Yeah. We were created to be known by God and he knows us. Yeah. But if we don't, if we don't know that, yeah, where are we searching for it? And it is such a, a process. Yeah. And that's what I love about your story saying that. I, I came to faith at that point, but it's a journey. Yeah. I think so many times people don't expect like you get to, you come to know god and everything switches yeah it's magic i am a whole person and it's such a journey of of wholeness and i was having a chat with my sister about this the other day about how um almost like when things happen and you think oh that's not fair um and actually one of my biggest takeaway with kind of wrestling with hope and having bad things happen and and not and trying almost like doing everything within my power to try and stop bad things mm -hmm. happening yeah. which spoiler alert doesn't work <laughs> kind of crazy <laughs> um is that how can we be okay with the fact that things aren't fair that things you know and 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 if you have this expectation that knowing Jesus is gonna make everything plain sailing then you really are setting yourself up for really hard yeah falling you see why people would lose faith if that's the cut like the what expectation the yeah. yeah my goodness um because he says doesn't he he says you know you will in this world you will have yeah. trials and it's like well okay well Jesus if you're telling me that I'm still gonna have trials and still have things to journey through and I'm still gonna suffer and I'm still gonna get ill or have mental health issues or um you know my friends are still gonna um, struggle or not know you, not come to faith. Yeah. Um, I have I have friends who are really struggling with mental illness. Like, yeah. Um, and and it's just like, well, what is the point then? Mm. And it's like, oh, if I journey it with you, yeah. I have peace. I have hope that mm -hmm. there is something more to this world yeah. because actually, it's all those things exist with or without Jesus. Yeah. And it's like, well, would I rather go through life knowing that there's suffering, difficulty, darkness mm -hmm. and do that on my own, trying to make sense of it yeah. all? Or would I rather do that with a God who provides hope of more, hope of yeah. lightness and brightness? Yeah. Um, you know, I know which one I choose. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's exactly what this, this hope is all about is that kind of actually I couldn't ever deal with the fact when when I was struggling and people are really nice and kind and supportive but if they go oh here's a bible verse about do not worry or here's this or that and I was like oh I just 
I couldn't it didn't impact because although it, yes it's biblical like it, it's in the scriptures but it was like it took me so long to wrestle with the fact that oh bad things still are gonna happen and there's still a lot around that's bleak and there is lots that you could worry about and do worry about um but that's not what hope is about it was yeah it's crazy yeah I think there's something people have the best of intentions when you mm. struggle with mental health issues as yeah. well um because you know I know that a few people have mentioned that mental health issues in the in some of the previous episodes mm. and it and we are all becoming more aware of how to look after our mental health yeah. and when we are unwell or when we're healthy like to manage and navigate that and mm. um treating it like we would our physical health yeah. and I think that's so important but I think the church is also still in a really early learning phase yeah. um where we don't quite know how to cope when someone has real mental health issues mm -hmm. and re like actually have mental illness I think there's yeah. a distinguished difference yeah. between the two and I think as a church we're still learning how to navigate that yeah and um you know offering those kind of you know mm. do not have do not worry about tomorrow today postcard. has a loved worries of its own yeah you know those it's great in theory but yeah what's the application of that how yeah. does that help me when I you know when I'm in yeah. this pit when I feel like I don't want to I don't want tomorrow, actually. Yeah. I'm not worrying about tomorrow. Yeah. I am worried about today. And yeah. I don't I don't want tomorrow. I don't want today. How do yeah. how do I reconcile that yeah. with this hope that you're telling me I have? Like, yeah. Um, so I think as a church community, mm. we have a long way to go and I think we're getting there and yeah. um one of the things Mercy do is is empower training, they call it, and mm -hmm. it's um it's free you can check it out on their website yes um they do a training for church leadership um mm. on how to respond to people with mental health issues oh, and so mental illnesses yeah. um and um how to respond well yeah um yeah because yeah, you can do damage without with the best of intentions yeah um yeah. i know that's been my experience at at points um having gone your own journey so far and having been through mercy mm. um has the way you respond to people changed like if someone to come to you a friend and say i'm really struggling with this um how do you now respond to them having been I, through your journey i'd like to think so mm -hmm. i definitely don't always get it right <laughs> Um, none, none of us <laughs> no there are definitely times i'm like i could have dealt with that so much better um yeah I think I have more time mm -hmm. um, and I think I try not to fool myself that I understand Yeah, because there are times when my friend's telling me something or sharing something with me and I'm, I'm like, oh, Hayley, you were in this place and, and actually I, I have to ch check myself because mm -hmm. even if the feelings we're describing are the same yeah, and the, you know, we're talking about the same emotions, the cause of them, the response the physical response the emotional like it's mm. all completely different yeah and I I think that's one of my biggest things is I try to understand that even if I have a recollection of a similar feeling yeah or a recollection of a similar place uh, it's different so mm -hmm. I don't have the answers even if I think I might like to yeah and just just stopping and listening and being 
yeah. is far more helpful than trying to wave a magic wand and fix it. Because mm-hmm. everyone knows that you don't have a wand. Yeah. Some of the most powerful times when I was struggling were the times when um, I could just turn up at someone's house and yeah. know that even if they weren't there, yeah, like I was okay to be there. They gave me mm-hmm. a key to their house and yeah. I had like this code with my friend. If I rang her once, it was just for a chit chat. Yeah. And if I was really struggling and really low, I rang her three times consecutively and she'd ring me back as soon as she could. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually by that point, I'd dragged myself around her house and yeah you know and one time her husband was there and he just sat with me and he was like I don't know what to say mm. I don't know what to do and he just prayed he was like can I just pray and yeah. I was like okay yeah. yeah don't know what else to do so yeah please pray yeah um yeah so I think the power of just being there mm. for somebody and yeah. just listening because yeah. we we don't and that was what was interesting when you were telling your the beginning of your story earlier was you saying, um, Carol, our lovely Carol, who um, um, was the chair of Lighthouse at the time, she just listened to you. You said something about, like, she gave you something you needed yeah. that you hadn't had, like, just to listen to everything you had yeah. on your heart at that point. Yeah, and I think if you, like, following through even, like, that lie I believed, like, mm. that I am forgotten, actually, all I wanted in that was to know that I am known. Yeah. And you can see that throughout. Like, yeah. to be known. And I don't want yeah. any, didn't want anyone to wave a wand and fix me. No. I, did, I wanted to, to know that I was acceptable as I was. Yeah. And so in trying to fix someone else, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, why do you need to fix me, actually? Yeah. Am I not okay as I am, like, even in my brokenness? And yeah. I think Jesus is really good at coming alongside people. Yeah. Um, he talks to, he go. there's, is it Bart? Mm, I'm going to get who it is wrong now. That's right. There's a Bible verse that talks about, or a p- passage that talks about um, him seeing a blind man. And he mm-hmm. basically says, how, how can I help you? What do you yes, want from me? Yes, he asked him, yeah. And, you know, this guy's blind on the street begging. Yeah, and it's like, it's like it Yeah, Jesus. I could walk up to him and go, let me heal you. It's like, yeah. actually... How can I help you? He might yeah. have had another physical need that he wanted mm. met. Yeah. Maybe some people aren't ready to be healed. Yeah. Some people aren't. It's too painful to come out of that place yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's something really powerful, powerful about saying, "What can I do for you? How yeah. can I help you?" And if the answer is actually just pray, mm-hmm. or you know, actually there isn't anything please just continue to be my friend or just knowing you're there is enough then yeah then that's it that's all there is to it yeah I think we've had um with a friend who recently experienced um a loss we I just said to them like I'm gonna text you every day you don't have to respond there's no pressure but know that I will repeatedly (laughs) text you just so that you know you're not on your own. Yeah. Um, because sometimes people need space and they need that, but also, also they... Yeah. I was like, I'm not having you not think you've got someone there. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it, especially I felt when you have, like, depression, maybe, um, or, like, negative thought patterns, that it's easy to think that... Kind of lean into the lies that, oh, well, nobody's nobody's sending me post or nobody's in this and and that means yeah xyz and yeah um yeah it's nice to 
yeah. model Jesus in that way, even if it's just a slightly annoying text message. <laughs> but it's it's something, isn't it? Yeah. And that's that's the main thing, I yeah. think. Knowing that there's someone there. Because mm-hmm. um, reaching out can be the di- difficult thing as well, can't it? If you are yeah. in a hard place. Um, yeah. So, yeah, reaching out to people is always good. Yeah. Um. How have you... You've always been a caring, loving person. I've known you, well, since that, nine years ago in the field, um, having a chat at Lighthouse. Um, And you've always said, as you say, you've always said yes, you've you've pitched in and helped and everything. Mm -hmm. But um, since your journey um, through Mercy and your journey with mental health, have you found that God has changed your heart for people or your kind of what you might call like your ministry so based on what I know Trevor's listening to a talk from Mercy about like you go through something and then you help through Mm -hmm. has that been your experience um yes and no I think I since then since kind of doing life post Mercy it's kind of like a pre post Mercy Mm -hmm. we talk about um I think I've learned a lot about myself and what I can do. Yeah. Um, I still love helping people and caring mm-hmm. for people and whatever shape and form that looks like. Um, I think I'm better at putting boundaries around that yeah. and saying no to things. Mm-hmm. Like um, I've just had a season where I've stepped out of serving at church so I could finish off my degree because I was like, actually, this is going to take up a lot of brain power. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just navigating like, checking in with God like okay well as I'm looking at returning what does that look like how do you want me to serve you and Mm -hmm. your people and your community and your church um and yeah um just beginning to explore what that looks like um I think one of the biggest things has been trying to help make sure our church is equipped to respond to Mm. people well yeah so one of the things I really encouraged and um with the help and permission of church leadership was getting keys to freedom. Yeah. Mercy's eight week version of the residential program, Mm -hmm. um, rolled out through church. So we're looking at, um, we've done a few groups now, Mm -hmm. um, and looking at how we can roll that out to the church as an ongoing basis. Yeah. Um, and making sure we have people who are trained up who would like to be able to lead a group yeah um like that as well or one-to-one support people through um doing keys to freedom yeah I'm I'm so passionate about because actually what I did as a residential program Mercy don't do anymore Mm -hmm. but you also had to be at a certain stage of life and um it was they were restricted in how they could help people and so keys was their way of reaching people who um couldn't leave home couldn't drop Mm -hmm. everything for six months to six to 12 months you weren't you know if you're a man or you're out of it altogether like even if you're in the right life stage there was (laughs) no way you were going to go to the residential program because it was just for women so um keys is brilliant way Mm. of supporting people um and helping them navigate um you know what does it look like to process the stuff that we all carry yeah um whether it's obvious things um they we all have behaviors that we use to 
manage and cope with life whether mm-hmm. we watch tv all day or whether we all day but you know come it home and the done. first yeah. the first thing we do when we come home is put the telly on if or, i didn't have kids i would quite easily, easily watch tv all easily day. i'm off work this week and yeah. i was like this morning i had to be really really <laughs> conscious not to just come downstairs and put the telly on and yeah. i was like okay now i'm gonna do something more helpful mm-hmm. um with my time but it's so easy to just do things without thinking about it and yeah. before we know it it kind of becomes like numbing behaviors or yeah. you know yeah. we all self-medicate in some way whether it's healthy or unhealthy behaviors yeah. some people over exercise some people manage their food to excessive points mm-hmm. or don't manage their food I'm a comfort eater for sure I know that. um yeah. you know so I can always I always know when I'm having a bit of a rough time or I'm stressed because the my management of how I eat and my nutrition just goes out the window yeah um so yeah I think bringing keys into church has Mm. been a real um it's been a bit of a baby of mine yeah and what you've Um, just described about I just even for me and I've I've kind of worked through a lot of my stuff but as you say it's a process and I I definitely think I like the way you're talking about oh I I need to do that I would love to live a life that I'm more conscious of these like numbing behaviors or my coping mechanisms or food like make, you know there's so much yeah. in that that I could, I'm just sitting here thinking I need that I yeah. I would love a life that looks like that because I've done a lot of kind of for like secular therapy mm-hmm. which has helped me so much yeah um but it doesn't mean I'm necessarily yeah always approaching things from a really biblical perspective yeah. and I think what I love about keys is because because I did like healthy minds and they do Mm -hmm. CBT and I was like this is all brilliant but where is God in this like CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy so the clue is in the title like you're managing a behavior yeah and you're never getting to the root cause of stuff Mm -hmm. whereas keys talks about the behaviors and and acknowledging those behaviors but also acknowledging that they are a sign or a Mm. symptom of something else yeah so if you just learn to cut off a behavior say you've got an addiction or you know if you just go in like you've got an addiction to alcohol or if you go in just say i'm gonna stop drinking it's gonna you know if you replace it in like well i'm gonna start running you're gonna Mm. end up running every day and all the time every time you think you need a drink like and that's oversimplifying it yeah you'll replace the behavior with something else yeah or you might be okay for a bit and then it'll crop up somewhere else yeah as something else Mm -hmm. so keys looks at the root of those behaviors so what why do you need that behavior to help make you feel better or Mm -hmm. to numb or to yeah like why is it you feel that way and so often it will come back to like feelings of worthlessness abandonment mm-hmm. rejection like they're all really common we all have yeah. them to some degree and they're caused by people because people yeah. are broken and we yeah. hurt we hurt each other and we yeah. don't realize it often and you know yeah. um yeah so I think that's the key difference and that's one of the reasons I love keys is because it really gets to the root mm. of the issues yeah that you probably wouldn't get to without doing some real unpacking yeah thinking. you need to actually consciously be reflecting on things yeah yeah oh that's so good um I'm excited because we were at a party a few months ago and, and you were asking how Trevor was doing I said oh yeah he really needs to do something 
Um, and you said, oh, why doesn't he try the, the Mercy program? I'm not sure what they're calling the kind of... So there's the Keys to Freedom. Yeah, and it's then the, the Freedom Project. The Freedom, freedom Project. Program. Program, yeah. yeah. Um, you're like, oh, why didn't he try that? I was like, oh, yeah. And then I, I'd forgotten for a couple of days to mention it to him. And I told him, I was like, oh, Haley suggested maybe you should look into this. And we went on online and said, oh, it's closed for applications, but why not? Like, just put your name on the waiting list. Did that. Within a couple of days, they phoned saying, oh, we're actually, we're just about to open up and you're on the list and we'll send you an application. Um. Anyway, fast forward and he's got onto it. Amazing. I can't, I can't remember if I told you that. Uh, I don't know. No, no we, I, knew, I knew he was in the process. Yeah, we only found out it. a few days ago that he actually oh, got onto brilliant. the program. Um. So, yeah, as a direct link of what you your your kind of story um yeah. he's yeah he, he kind of went for it and is going to start this that process which it, we're yeah we're, we know it's going to be a an intense journey for him yeah. but as you say it's like he needs to have the opportunity to dig deeper yeah. and um get to the root of some stuff so yeah and no, then we are big big fans of mercy um, yeah. <laughs> here and um, can't wait to see what god's gonna do for his life as well after sort of after from having the kind of your testimony and your story um, yeah. has really helped kind of propel him into that that yeah. stage of his own journey um which is so good yeah. um just to end we've asked a couple of people this for is there any like particular scripture or song or something that really god used to speak to you as you were struggling with any kind of storms oh so many just um gave a little recommendation to people listening um I think the one of the what felt like a real foundational scripture whilst I was um in my the kind of depths of my healing journey at Mercy mm-hmm. was um I was reading Deuteronomy randomly oh, I and I don't know why but I stumbled across this phrase this scripture I'm gonna get the reference wrong I think it's Deuteronomy 3327 or something mm-hmm. um and it says there is no one like the god of jeshurun who rides on the clouds to rescue something yeah along those lines and i just had this image of um god like literally surfing through the clouds Amazing. like it the the sound of me going god i need you yeah just this like image of him just going I'm coming (laughs) and like racing to come and get me to help me to save me um and it just had this huge impact on me Mm -hmm. because it yeah it was just like he I say help and he comes yeah there was no it it just it just felt like I was saying there's no question of or in a minute or you know and and as I'm not a parent but I have nieces and nephews and I have friends with children and you know children so often will be like oh start chatting away and Mm -hmm. um you're like oh just give me one second I want to give you my attention but just (laughs) I I just need to finish this I'm just talking to whoever um but with God it's just I'm on my way and um he has the capacity to do that and it blows my brain yeah yeah. amazing Hayley thank you so much for coming and sharing with us today you are an incredible person we love you so much oh, it's been uh, fun yeah and thank you so much so that was Hayley Lewis um I just want to 
say again thank you Haley, so much for coming on um it was just such a life-giving conversation we will link everything that she referred to below in the show notes um for more information on mercy do check out their website we are massive advocates of this organization they do such amazing work um if you would like to support the podcast um we would love it if you could follow the podcast on your platform rate review um and if you think that this would bless somebody else why not share an episode or two with somebody um you can also buy us a coffee at the link uh in the show notes there is no pressure to do this um but we just helps us to feed money back into equipment and um different things and resources we can then put back into the podcast we hope that you have a great week and we will see you on the next one Thank you.